Hope is indispensable to life. As oxygen is for our bodies, so hope is to our souls. And to be honest with you, I, I learned this from my dad. Not so much his words, but the way he lived. My, my family and I are right now only a couple of weeks away from the 20th anniversary of my dad's death. We, we got the call in April, about a year before he died, that he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And if you know anything about pancreatic cancer, especially two decades ago, it was a death sentence, and that's what they told him. They said, you don't have long to live. But I have to tell you, my dad was a fighter. He, when he was 17 years old, contracted polio, and after going through the, the polio journey, they told him he would literally never walk again. He lost all the muscle mass in his legs, but, but they didn't know my dad. They said he'd never walk again, but he did. And so in spite of what the medical community was telling him about his cancer, he believed that he could beat it. And the hope that infused him by believing that he could beat it gave him the energy, the will, to battle through some of the most difficult physical circumstances I've seen in someone going through cancer. And, and he lived beyond their medical predictions. In fact, he didn't just live beyond. He lived with energy and with joy even as he went through the trauma of chemotherapy and radiation treatments. And then it was like a miracle seemed to be handed to him. He, he was invited to meet with the doctor that thought he could actually remove the cancer. He was a progressive doctor, and he had treated successfully a couple of people by removing the pancreas and the cancer, and it, it demanded certain particulars be true of the cancer, and they thought that was true of my dad. And so here he was, invited to meet with this doctor to be cured. And, I have to tell you, watching my dad in those moments, it changed him. It, it so filled him with hope that it gave him a burst of life that we hadn't seen even before he had cancer for a while. I, he started planning big time for the future, but, but then it happened. They discovered that, that the particulars of that cancer had changed in his life. It had grown significantly. In fact, it had spread throughout his body, and, and there was just according to them, no hope of removing it. And I have to tell you, those two words really grabbed my dad. No hope. He went from joy and energy and sitting around the dinner table with us laughing to laying down in bed, losing all physical capacity to move and to communicate to us, and dying in a matter of a couple of weeks. I mean, it's crazy to go from a burst of life like he had to, to death that quickly. It just blew my mind. But here's the reality. When he genuinely lost hope, he stopped living. That's where it was. The bottom line was that my dad's amazing capacity and, and courage in life ultimately stemmed from his amazing capacity for hope, to believe that he could get beyond it, to believe that he could do it. So when he lost that hope, you know, the hope that he could physically beat cancer, that he was going to get through it and beat it, he, 
he ultimately lost his life. I mean, here's the lesson. Hope really is indispensable to life, which, if we get personal, is why so many people today are living on the brink of despair, finding life to be empty and, and meaningless. It's because they've lost hope. And it's not just people out there, right? It's us. We battle with this. We often live on the brink of despair. You know, our dreams have died. We don't like what life is handing us today, and it doesn't look like tomorrow is going to offer anything but the same. And so we have nothing to look forward to, and it starts gutting us of hope. And as a result, very often, we aren't living. We're just existing in life. Which leads me to our final square one truth in this series. And to be honest with you, it's, it's the foundational truth. It's absolutely essential for us to build the right kind of life and experience God's best in our life. And here's the truth. Jesus Christ is our only hope. Jesus Christ is our only hope. And this is so important. And I know all of us are at a different place in our spiritual journey. In fact, one of the things I love about Northridge is many of you who come here haven't yet been convinced that Jesus is the only hope. You haven't yet realized and experienced his impact in your life. You're still trying to figure that whole thing out. And you might be going, oh, here he goes again. Jesus is the answer to everything. And you need to know there's only one reason I say it, and it's because it's true. Jesus Christ is the only source for us to find hope. We're not a big hymn-singing church. Hymns are spiritual songs of the past, and they're wonderful, but we're a little more progressive often. But there's an old hymn that, that I'm reminded of when I think of this square one truth. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's our solid rock. He's our cornerstone. Jesus Christ is our only hope. He really is. And just so you know, I'm not making this up. This is, this is infused all the way through the text of God's Word to us, the Scriptures. Look at just a couple of passages. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, when you didn't have a relationship with Christ, when you hadn't put trust in Christ, that at that time, without Christ, you were without hope, because without Christ, you were without God in the world. To be without God, the source of hope, the only source of hope, is to be without hope in a hopeless, despairing world. But when we get to know Jesus, when we experience His impact in our life, everything changes. Jesus Christ is our only hope in this world. And another passage, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's exactly right. The hope of glory isn't good circumstances because good circumstances change. The, the hope of glory isn't luck in your past, but the hope of glory is in you. The hope of glory isn't potential for your future because all of that can change on a dime, but the hope of glory is Jesus in you. Jesus Christ is our only source for hope. And this is necessary for all of us because there are three realities three realities that all of us face, that none of us can escape, that rob us of hope. They just do. As human beings, you're going to go through them. You're going to experience them. You just are. 
And since hope is indispensable for life and we're going to face the realities that rob us of hope, we need to deal with it. We need to recognize it. And what are those three realities? Well, you could probably tell me, but I'll just speak it out. The, the failures of our past rob us of hope. The, the challenges in our present rob us of hope. And the future we're facing can rob us of hope, past, present, and future. I mean, think about it. I, the failures of our past, even though every day the sun sets and, and we have a night and then the sun rises on a whole new day, a whole new potential, a whole new opportunity. I mean, every day we have a whole new beginning, but many of us never experience that new beginning because we're so defeated by, we're so imprisoned by the darkness of the failures of our past that we have no hope. I can't step forward with hope because look at I'm a failure, I've fallen down. And not only do we feel that about ourselves, but others hold us there. They see us only through our failures, not through our potential, and it robs us of hope. All of us have failed in our past, every single one of us, and the failures of our past are often what rob us of hope in life. They keep us from living. You know what that's like. Many of us, though, every day we wake up with a whole new potential. Many of us never take a step forward into our hope because we get lost in the darkness of our failures. But it's not just the failures of our past, it's also the challenges of our present, right? You can wake up, this happens to me so often, you can wake up and go, it's a brand new day, man, it's going to be a great day, and then it's not. I mean, some challenge, some difficulty, something happens in the present, which it, it's just, it steals all the hope and all the optimism and all the potential of that day, and your whole life becomes consumed by something you don't have the capacity to overcome. I mean, man is the present often a, a robber of, of hope. Many of us right now, many of you right now, if we're personal about it, are are experiencing in the present hurts and problems and losses and brokenness and challenges and mountains to climb or valleys to walk through that you just, you just can't. And all you can see is the mountain of darkness in front of you and you know you don't have the ability to get through it and it, it robs us of, of hope. And it's not just the past and the present, but the reality of our future can rob us of hope. You know, it doesn't matter how great life gets, and it doesn't get great for everybody, but man, some of you have great, great, great. It's like you've been on the summit, and all you know is sunshine, and every dream comes true, and your name is Goldfinger, and we get it. You're amazing. We love to hate you, you know, but you're, everything's been so good for you. But here's what you need to know. You have a future that's not so bright. You say, what do you mean? I've got everything I need. Yeah, draw the timeline out a little bit further and I'm going to tell you. Draw the timeline out far enough and you're going to realize it doesn't matter how great life is and how much you have and how great you are, you're going to, ready for it, ready for it, die. How about that for a Sunday morning buzzkill? <laughs> if 
Glad you came to church to hear that one. Woohoo! You are. We all are. There's no escaping that. Yeah, we, we all have failures in our past, robs us of hope. We all have challenges and difficulties in, in our present, at least at times, that rob us of hope. But every single one of us faces this reality. It doesn't matter how much you have, how much you accomplish, and how long you live, you're going to die. That kind of robs us of a little bit of hope, right? And that brings me back to the truth. Jesus Christ is our only source of hope because Jesus Christ, and I hope you'll listen to this, is the only one who can redeem us from our past and sustain us in our present and guarantee our future. You need Jesus Christ. He's your only hope. And I really want to take a deeper dive into that because all of us face these realities, but, but most of us never get beyond the, the hope-sucking realities to be infused with the hope that Jesus can input into our lives. You see, Jesus is our only hope because only Jesus can forgive our past. And I, I don't know what you've done I know what I've done, and I know how debilitating it is and how it can diminish any hope that I've, I wake up with or I have, but I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter what your failure is. Jesus can forgive your past. I mean, it's why He came. It's why He died on the cross. He lived the perfect life all of us have failed to live, and then He died the death that all of us deserve to die, and then He rose again to give us the hope that we can't earn, but that He already earned. We, we can have hope even though we failed in our past because Jesus can forgive our past. In fact, that's why He came. Look at John 3, 16 and 18. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, lose all hope, have no hope, but instead have eternal life, eternal hope. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, and that's a past term, condemned, right? What are we condemned for? What we've done. And he says, no, but when you believe in him, you're not condemned. Your failures in your past no longer have a grip on you. You can have hope, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, has no hope because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus is our only hope because he forgives our past and every single one of us has a past that needs to be forgiven. Jesus is our only source of hope because only Jesus can give us purpose and power for living today. I mean, in our delusions we can think we, we have the capacity, but when the real challenge gets thrown our way, when the real difficulty is in our face. That's when we realize I don't have even a reason to go on. I don't have the power to go on. The positive burst of life that we need to climb the mountains and to walk through the valleys, it only comes when we have hope. And that's what only Jesus can give us in the present. That's why Jesus said it in John 10.10, I've come to give you what you don't have in this world that sucked the hope right out of you. I've come to give you life and life to the full, which means life filled with hope. 
John 15, he goes further. Look at verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. He's talking about this relationship of dependence on him. And then he gives us an illustration so we can understand what he's talking about. He says, you know how branches attach to trees or vines? He says, no branch can bear fruit. No branch has the hope of life, the hope of meaning by itself. A branch to bear fruit has to remain in the vine, the source of life. Well, this is how it is with you. You cannot bear fruit. You'll never live out a life of meaning, of significance, of hope, of beauty, unless you remain in me. He says, I'm the source of life, the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What he's saying is with Jesus, hope is alive in the present no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're experiencing. It doesn't matter. When you're hooked to the vine of hope, you have hope running through your veins in the most hopeless of times. But then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, which is where too many of us on a daily basis live. We're, we're living without hope because of the realities of our present when all along Jesus can infill us with hope that can overcome any challenge in the present. Only Jesus is our source for hope. Only Jesus can give us hope because only Jesus can guarantee our future. And all of us have an uncertain future. Beyond this moment of time is a veil of darkness. We don't know what's coming, but we do know in the end we have to die. We're going to face it down. And only Jesus can guarantee our future. His good friend Lazarus died and Jesus came back home and faced his sisters, Mary and Martha, and there in the, the shadows of hopeless despair, the death of their brother, Jesus looked at them and said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And what I want you to see is so many people think Christianity and Christians are all about this pie-in-the-sky delusion creating about how great the world is in the face of obvious realities that it's not. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't say, believe in me and you'll never die, you'll never suffer, you'll never hurt, you'll never be sick, you'll never have any tragedies, you'll never cry. No, he says, hey, in this world, you're going to experience trouble and suffering and difficulty. He says, look at though, I'm the resurrection and life. I'm the source of life. I'm the source of hope. And when you believe in me, even though you die, even though you're going to suffer and hurt and walk through that tunnel of darkness, I'm telling you, you will never die when you believe in me. You'll have eternal life. And people are going, ah, words are cheap. Lazarus in the tomb, he's dead. We don't see any life. And so to give an illustration of the fact that he really has the power to give life after death and to show us as an illustration that just because someone dies physically doesn't mean they're dead. He said, all right, <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. Read the passage. Lazarus pops up, walks out. They have to take the grave clothes like a mummy. You know, they unwrap the dude. And everybody goes, wow. All Jesus was showing is, you think he's dead? 
No, he's physically dead, but he is more alive than he's ever been in the presence of God. Let me prove it to you. Lazarus, walk out of that tomb. And he did. It was an amazing thing. And I want you to know, we do get excited about it. I mean, I think it's cool. I'd love to see it happen. I've prayed for this in my own world with, you know, and family and all that. But let, let me just tell you, it wasn't that great for Lazarus. For the sake of an illustration, Jesus says, hey, Lazarus, come back. And he's going, no! He was in heaven in the place of perfection. It's like God saying, go to Hawaii, now come back to Michigan. This was not a good moment. <laughs> I mean, he's up there partying in God's presence in this place of light and joy and beauty. And, and Jesus says, come back. And Lord, Lazarus. And the fact that he came back, do you know what that meant? He had to die again. Look at, I'm not so bothered by what happens after death. I'm bothered by the dying part of death, aren't you? When I ever hear, oh, they went to, they died in their sleep. Oh, dear Jesus, let me be that person. You know, it's like having a great dream, and then Jesus wakes you up and says, you're in heaven now. Yeah! I, I, the whole dying thing, that's like scares the heck out of me, doesn't it, you? So Lazarus already went through it. And then for an illustration for us, Jesus come back, and then Lazarus goes, I have to do that again? But here's what I want you to see. Jesus can guarantee our future because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus has guaranteed that though we die, yet we will live. Do you know that hope? That gives meaning to everything. It doesn't matter how dark our experience is and how difficult our pathway is in this life. It doesn't matter if we never experience one day of sunshine in our lives. This life is very short in relation to eternity, and in Jesus we have the hope of eternity in paradise. We need Jesus to have that hope. So here's the application in this conversation as we wrap up the idea. If we want to experience God's best, I mean, we absolutely know that hope's essential for life. And so if we want to experience God's best, we need to go back to square one, and we need to make sure beyond a shadow of a, do a, shadow of a doubt that we have Jesus' hope. I mean, we didn't need to know it. This can't be a hope-so thing, a think-so thing, a religion-based thing, a my parents did this one time with me thing, I was born into this kind of family thing, I remember nuns, I remember priests, I remember, it can't be that kind of a thing. We have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have Jesus' hope. That we have Jesus' hope for forgiveness of our past, so in spite of our failures, we have hope, that we have Jesus' hope for strength and purpose in the present. So no matter how difficult the challenge we face is, we have hope because of Jesus. And we need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have hope for eternal life in our future. Do you? You see, you don't have to avoid the thoughts of failure, the thoughts of difficult circumstances, the thoughts of death, 
You don't have to avoid those realities when you have Jesus' hope because you see the failure in light of hope. You see the present in light of hope. You see the future in light of hope. And it doesn't matter how dark they look. The light is shining because you're walking in Jesus. Do you have that hope? It would change how we live. It would change how we act. It would change how we pray. It would change how we love. It would change our attitudes in life if this is the hope we have. Do you have it? 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 to 13, it says, and this is the testimony. This is God's story. God has given us eternal life, eternal hope, past forgiven, presence empowered, and future guaranteed. God has given us eternal life, and this life, this hope, is in His Son. Our only hope is Jesus. Whoever has the Son has life, has hope. Are you living like it? Whoever does not have the Son does not have life, does not have hope. Too many are living like that. And then he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can know, not think so, know that you have eternal life, that you have hope. Do you? Changes everything. Earlier in this conversation, I talked about how when, when my dad lost all hope of beating cancer physically, he lost his physical life. He, he died. Can't soft pedal that. It was one of the more painful experiences I've ever gone through in life. But, and this is really important for you to understand. Though he lost all hope of recovering physically, he did not lose hope. In fact, in the face of his impending death, I went to visit my dad in the hospital, and I have to tell you, it was just beating me up inside and out, and I know I walked in and looked haggard and ashen, I'm sure, and my dad took one look at me, and this is what he said, he was the one dying. And he said, Brad, you can't scare me with heaven. You see, though he was beat physically in the present, and though he was going to die physically, he knew that he was going to keep on living. He had the hope of eternal life. Do you? In the face of death, will you be able to say, you can't scare me with heaven? If not, you can change that right now. Because, you see, it's not about jumping through religious hoops to experience hope. It's about trusting Jesus. And when you do, whatever it is in your past that's robbed you of hope, He forgives. And whatever it is in your present that robs you of hope, He empowers you to overcome. And whatever it is in your future that robs you of hope, He can secure with eternity. But you have to trust Him. And so before I give you some final thoughts and we end with worship, I, I'm just going to ask if you'd just take a moment with me to pray. Would you do that? Just you, Maybe you're at Northridge Grosseal or Northridge Brighton or somewhere around the world online, maybe here at Plymouth where we broadcast from. Just bow in a word of prayer just for a moment. And if you can't say that you know your past is forgiven, your present is sustaining and empowered by Jesus, and that your future is guaranteed, why don't you pray with me? I mean, in your heart, not out loud, just take my words and make them yours. Just say, Jesus, I, 
Oh, I need your hope. I have failed and sinned in my past. I, I've lost hope. I'm not sure about heaven. And so I'm giving you my sin and my despair, and I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus, in your death on the cross, in your resurrection, and I'm asking you to save me, to fill me with your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed with me before I give you the next couple of thoughts, if if you prayed with me, we'd love for you to know next steps that you can take in your journey with God. And we'd love to give you a, a part of the Bible, the New Testament part of the Bible, but we need to know you want it, and it's easy. In, your, in the paper program we handed you when you came in, there's a little panel that says connect on it. And all you have to do is fill that out, and there's a place where you can say, I prayed with you to receive Jesus or to renew my relationship with Jesus. Just check that off, and then get it back to us. You just tear it out of there. And, it's easy. We have guest service people all throughout the building. Give it to them. Or if you can't find them, go to one of the guest service desks at the upper lobby or the main lobby here in Plymouth or in the main lobby of the regional campuses. And, or there, we even have boxes that say giving and the Northridge brand on them in every doorway. Put it in there. Let us know. Or you can text us and the screen will show you how to do that. Let us know and we'd love to help you move forward. But if we really want to experience God's best, then we need to go back to square one. And once we have Jesus' hope, beyond a shadow of a doubt, then we need to do everything in our power to share it with others. Because hope unshared is hope unrealized. I'll never forget when my dad got the hope of, of this doctor who thought he could remove his cancer. First thing he did was he called all the guess what? Burst of life, burst of life. Hope unshared is hope unexperienced. And if you're not sharing the hope of Jesus, it's because you're still focused on your past failures. Who would want to listen to me on your present challenges? I don't have time for that. I have too much to invest in myself or your future. But when you're really released with hope, what you want to do is you want to say, the world needs this. I mean, Acts 1.8, Jesus makes it clear this is really our task in life, to share his hope. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When you put your faith in Jesus, he fills you with his spirit. That's where the hope is from, and it overflows in our life. And he says, and man, when you're filled with my spirit and my hope is overflowing in you, you'll be my witnesses. Wherever you are, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I mean, when you have the hope, you need to share it, or you're not really experiencing it, are you? Paul the Apostle thought so strongly about this that look what he wrote in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, I want you to know I consider my life worth nothing to me unless I accomplish two things, finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. He literally said this. It doesn't matter what I've accomplished in this world. I think my life is worthless unless I complete the task of sharing Jesus' hope. I don't know what you've accomplished in life, but I know this. If you feel like your life is meaningless, all you've accomplished means nothing. And anyone who claims to have the hope of Jesus but doesn't share that hope 
feels the guilt of that, feels the shame of that, feels the burden of that. And, and I'm telling you, all we have to do is share the hope. And, and how do we share the hope? A lot of people get a, like anxiety in their gut over that. Like, oh. Right now, you're thinking of someone like at work. I couldn't say it there, man. I'd be belittled like no end. Or I can't go home and do that. I couldn't do that. And, and you, you know, you don't have to know the whole Bible to share hope, right? All you have to do is have experienced it along the way. Jesus doesn't say, say share the whole Bible with people. You know what it says? Share the hope. And, and how do we do that? Well, the first way we do that is we share his hope with our lives by how we live. Living with hope, even as we face the full reality of our past, present, and future, I mean, it's an amazing thing. It changes how we live. And look at 1 Peter 2.12. Live such good lives, hope-filled lives among the pagans, those who don't know God, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they hate you, they stand against you, they're, they're attacking you, they see your life of hope, your good deeds, and in the end, they glorify God on the day he visits us. You know what I'm saying? Live lives so filled with God's goodness and hope that those who start off hating Jesus turn to him because they are desperate for hope too. And how's that happen? By living hope. Do you know what happens when you live hope? People go, I know your past, I know your present, I know your future. How in the world can you have so much hope? And that's the moment. Your life has inspired the opportunity to share his hope the second way with your words, with your words. First Peter 3.15 says it, in your heart set about Christ as Lord. When he's Lord, I mean you're infused with his hope, the burst of life. And he says, but be ready, people are going to ask you about it, so always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. I know your past, why do you still have hope? I know your present, why do you still have hope? I know what you're going through, why do you still have hope? I know the end of this game. How do you still have hope? And you're able to say, you know, I, Jesus, he's my hope. I, I consider myself to be amazingly privileged in life because I've had hope shared with me in undeniable ways. And I, I, I know not all of you have, I get it. But my dad lived and spoke the hope of Jesus with me in good times and in bad times, when he thought he had years to live and when he knew he only had days to live. And there came a time when he no longer had hope that he could beat death. But as I've already said, there was never a time he lost the hope of Jesus. In fact, and I know I've shared this recently, but it's so relevant right now in this conversation. I'm going to share it again. When he couldn't move, when he couldn't communicate with us anymore, there was one word that he kept saying over and over and over again. Jesus. 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 I mean, almost until the moment he died. And here's why. His past was gone, his presence was gone, and his future was certain he was dying. Everything that robbed someone of hope was attacking him in full force. 
but nothing could take away his hope because he had Jesus and he was holding on to Jesus with his whole heart. Jesus, 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 Jesus. As he died, so we need to live. Holding on to Jesus is holding on to hope. Have you been holding on? It's easy to say words like my dad said, you can't scare me with heaven. Oh, that reads so well. But my dad lived the reality of those words by living Jesus through his death. You really couldn't scare him with heaven. And I want you to know, because he shared it with his life and his words, he helped me to find it. And because he shared it, with me, I've been able to experience it in ways I never would have otherwise, and I've been able to share it with thousands and thousands of people. And I'm going to tell you, now it's all of our turn. Those of us who know the hope of Jesus need to share it because hope is the indispensable need of life. And everyone on this planet needs it, but every single one on this planet has it robbed from them because of past, present, and future realities. But we have it, so let's not let them down. I mean, this week, think of who you might share Jesus' hope with. Think of, at the minimum, think of who you might invite to church next week so they might be in an environment of hope in their life. Share the hope. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, you're going to be light in a world of darkness. The light's hope, what everyone needs. And when you have light to share, you should share the light. Turn the light on in your own life and then turn it on for others. And imagine how the world will change because what the world needs most, it gets. They see it in our lives, they hear it in our words, and they experience it. Hope really can change the world. Let's make that happen in our world. And this series, Square One, has for me been foundational. So often I live out in the places that I've traveled to in my mind, in my learning, in my journey, and, and I start getting disconnected from the basics, from the essential foundations I have to stand on, and all of a sudden I start traveling too far and I'm no longer secure and I find myself floundering. And this series has been all about getting back to square one and making sure I'm connected to the right foundation before I'm moving forward into the journey God has for me, and the same is true for you. So I want, I want this series to be more than something you once heard. I want it to be something you remember. And so as we end this series, I just thought I'd remind you, and you can go back and watch them and listen to them anytime on Good Night on YouTube, on our website, on Facebook Live areas. It's just, you can watch them, but... I want you to remember that to experience God's best, you need to go back to square one and you need to commit to the pursuit of knowing God. That was our week one conversation. To experience God's best, you have to go back to square one and you need to decide you're going to build your life on God's truth. We're going to build our lives on God's truth. If we're going to experience God's best, then we have to go back and we need to seek to discover and fulfill God's desires in all of our choices, not just doing what's right and not wrong, but doing what's good, better, and best. If we're going to experience God's best, then we need to go back to square one where so many of us went wrong and we need to get connected to the right people relationally. Because when you're connected to the wrong people, they take you down and 
As we saw this week, if we're going to experience God's best, we have to go back to square one, and we need to make sure we have and share Jesus' hope. Because when we have and share Jesus' hope, our foundation is secure, our life is secure. The past can't break it, the present can't break it, the future can't break it, because Jesus' hope is eternal. Which is why they wrote that hymn so long ago, because it's so true. If you're going to have a life built properly, then your hope has to be built on the right foundation. My hope is built on Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's my solid rock. He's my cornerstone. And I think there'd be no better way to end this talk and this series than declaring that we're gonna build our life on His hope. So would you stand with me in this moment as we remind ourselves how to build our life on His hope.